Hey, welcome everybody. This is Todd. I'm here with Alyssa. And this is the Unqualified Scholar Podcast, where we talk about things, some things that I'm qualified to talk about and some things that I'm not. Last week, we talked about NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Alyssa, I listened to them. Yeah. I spent some time, I put my earbuds in, I was working on the porch, and I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spool up some Backstreet Boys. What did you think? I thought it was garbage. Um, <laughs> now, let me... <clears throat> let me uh, can give you a more qualified opinion. Um, I thought that it was um, like it was really emphasizing the teen desire for romantic love. Mm-hmm. So I could see how teenage girls would be very interested in the right. idea of romantic love. Yes. You know, and uh, I, it didn't really appeal to me, you know, as an old man. Um, <laughs> so I, I sort of I tried to understand it. I tried to, you know. Boom, Papa Mal Mal with them or whatever. And then I, I switched over to NSYNC and it was pretty much, I could not distinguish between the two groups. <laughs> like for me, it sounded exactly the same. And so I spent maybe an hour listening to this uh, stuff and I decided that I had done my diligence. Uh-huh. I had done my duty and I am never going to listen to them again. Okay. So what question do you have for me today? Do you know anything about the Monkey King? The Monkey King? The Monkey King. You mean like... Sun Wukong. Oh, no. You say the Monkey King, and what hits my brain is, um, you know, um, Jungle Book, right? I'm I'm the king of the swingers, man. The Jungle VIP. You remember the song? I haven't seen the Jungle Book in a really long time. Really? Oh, man. You got to see. There's the new one. They have the the live-action version. I've turned all of them into a live-action movie. Yeah. The live action one was good, and oh. you know, but was it, it's Baloo the bear that sings? Is it, no, there's, there's, it, no, I don't know anything about the <laughs> monkey king. So tell me something about the monkey king. Well, he is um, one of the Chinese gods. Oh, okay. And he is a trickster god. Oh, sort of like Loki in Norse mythology. Mm, kinda. He uh, has superhuman strength and can transform into seventy-two different animals. Oh, only seventy-two. Only seventy-two. Because each of his hairs have the transformative powers. Oh, interesting. And then he also has, he can magically manipulate wind, water, and fire. Okay. And he has a short temper and is impatient and uh, tends to be angry. Okay. So an angry trickster god from China. I don't know, like, is there a biblical analog to that? Like, who's the trickster in the Bible? Well, you have, um, oh gosh, there's, um, um, gosh, what's that guy's name? Jacob's son. Yeah, Jacob. East, Esau? There's, uh, so it's uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, right? So you have uh, Isaac's sons, Esau and Jacob. There you go. And Jacob goes to his uncle Laban's house. And uncle Laban is the one who, like he saw the gifts that came for, Rebecca mm-hmm. to go and be Isaac's wife, and then when when Hujimadigger comes back, when the son comes back, he is sort of ha- he has sort of an expectation that there will be something there for him, but there's nothing really. So he tricks him into marrying the wrong woman. Right. Uh, that's Rachel and Leah. So he gets Leah instead of Rachel. He works seven years for Rachel, gets Leah. So. He's not a god, certainly, but he certainly is a trickster. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine waking up with the wrong spouse? That would be, that'd be terrifying. 
I, I believe in the series is kind of, uh, we take the sermon content, kind of reconfigure things. I learned a lot about cats this week. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah there, there aren't any cats in the Bible, um, probably because there are lots of cats in Egypt. Um, <clears throat> cat gods, um, they're, they're just kind of all over the place. So much so that the Egyptians, it seems like because they had a number of cats that were mummified mm -hmm. and sort of used as like a sacrifice, you'd go down to the stall, you would purchase a mummified cat, and you would give it as an offering to the deity. And it seems like they raised cats for this purpose. So between a year and 15 months old, they would make the cat into this offering by mummifying the cat. And so I wonder if they had like cat ranches. I mean, probably. I mean, you'd have to raise them somewhere. But, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to raise them somewhere. cats do multiply pretty fast. As yeah. Well, so. And so if you had cat ranches, would you have to have like cat cowboys? <laughs> Maybe little monkeys with hats riding llamas? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we've gone too far. The Natural History Museum in Chicago does have some of those mummified animals in their Egyptian they, museum. They mummified like thousands upon thousands. Yeah. Um, we were there a couple of years ago, and I remember seeing them. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. I'm talking about Ecclesiastes <laughs> today. Ecclesiastes is... Uh, and, and here's one of the things that we've been <clears throat> like emphasizing in church. Like I, I really do think that um, we live in an age of like really, really uh, prolific information. And so one of the ways we can um, like, okay, this is a podcast. Right. And so there are lots of podcasts in the world. How do you know if your podcast is good or bad? Opinion. Oh, yeah. It's, it's basically you just kind of have to crapshoot, you know. Right. Maybe this is good. Maybe this is bad. Um, it hasn't made any money yet. Correct. <laughs> so that's, yeah, a little bit of a no trend. No sponsored deals yet. And no sponsored deals, no. I mean, Joe Rogan hasn't called looking for ideas. Um, but one of the things I try to bring people back to is like published material, like a study Bible, and I'm using the NIV study Bible for this. Uh, ESV study Bible is very good. Um, <clears throat> there, there, there are any number of different study Bibles that will give you either a perspective or a balanced perspective. I think the NIV Study Bible is very balanced, and that's good. And so when you come to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is hard material. Um, mm -hmm. It's a book of wisdom, and wisdom is the kind of thing that your dad tells you. What's some wisdom that you learned from your mom and dad? You always catch me off guard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, it's a skill. It's a life skill, yeah. Um, don't date boys with tattoos? I don't know. No, I mean, it's more of a don't rush into things kind of thing. Yeah, don't rush into things. That's good. Yeah, take your time. A stitch in time saves nine, you know, so taking care of stuff. Uh, measure twice, cut once. All those things are good. Um, Ecclesiastes then is a book of wisdom, but it's different. It kind of it kind of tests you first and then gives you the answer at the end. Um, <clears throat> so for 11 chapters, it's believed to be written by a guy named Solomon. And in the study Bible that I'm looking at, if I look right up at the front, it says the theme of the book is this. This wisdom teacher reveals what he has discovered about the meaninglessness of every human endeavor without God at the center of one's life. Okay. And he spends 11 chapters kind of thinking about, okay, what about this and what about that? And he comes up with 
all this stuff is meaningless. Mm -hmm. And so if you read it like an American, okay, so we as Americans, we like the make the point and then explain the point mm -hmm. and then summarize the point. That's kind of a very modern style of writing. Uh, the point doesn't really happen until the end. So you're 12 chapters into this confusing and bewildering book before he says, fear God and keep his commandments as the kind of the purpose. Now, along the way, you're supposed to enjoy life, right? You're not. Um, did you have any fun this weekend? Did you do anything nice, interesting? I yeah. caught you off guard again. Yeah, you did. I mean, we just had a relaxing day on Saturday. Didn't do too much. Just That's a good day, right? Yeah. Especially with little kids in the house. Um, we, this past week we had dinner with some folks and it was really good. And it was just, it was notable. It's like, mm -hmm. oh wow, this meal of all the things I ate last week, this really stood out. It was really good. It's okay to enjoy that kind of stuff. So the theme of the book is that the, um, he's looking at the world around him and he's evaluating it using wisdom. And he says, everything is meaningless until you get to the end. So, um, that's right up front in the study Bible, you know, and the, that helps as you go to chapter one, verse one, and start reading. Um, and the book also has a really strong theme about death as the end point of life. And so the author will go through it. It's like, you know, we're, we're no better than the animals when it comes to life under the sun, life apart from God. Well, they die, we die. Mm -hmm. He even says things like, why would I be wise if the wise and the fool both die, you know? And we used, um, we're doing the At The Movies series, <clears throat> and so I, I picked movies. Mm -hmm. And I the, the movie that I picked was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, did not realize quite how dark it was. I know uh, your your daughter was a little scared. Yes. She's okay? She's good. Okay. We just probably won't watch the movie. But. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's, a little, it's a little much for a kid's movie because one of the characters in the movie is death. Mm -hmm. And so the premise of the movie is that Puss in Boots has the last wish. Yes. The cat loses his eighth life, right? So right. now he's only got one life left. And death shows up to get him. And mm -hmm. so he gets scared. Uh, rightly so. Mortality is okay. a scary thing. And so we use the movie to watch the movie. And then we come into the book of Ecclesiastes because there's a lot of, like, we can discern biblical themes in the world around us if we know what the Bible's talking about. So, um, in this NIV study Bible, the second thing, the second thing I would sort of pull out in the section called purpose and teaching, um, the author of the notes has kind of given us um, a framework to kind of hang things on, some of what the book is teaching about. Is this the in introduction? Yeah, this is still in the introduction. And one of the things, you know, what then does wisdom teach him, you know, as he's looking at life? Humans cannot, by all their striving, achieve anything of ultimate or enduring significance. Okay? And I think you could, you could sort of think that out, right? What has lasted for a thousand years? The pyramids, right? Yeah. The pyramids have lasted for a thousand years. Do they still have, like, their original purpose, you know, to help the aliens find a place to land? <laughs> I, or whatever Maybe. their original purpose was. Um, <clears throat> you know, the but Great they certainly, China. the Great Wall of China, yeah, still keeping the Mongols out of China. Yeah. Um, you know, there are things that have been around for a long time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have their same significance. You could think about the institutions of human government, 
Puss in Boots, Last Wish, Cat Dies, Last Life, Mortality. Thousand Years. Thousand Years. What's last? What human institution is last? Now there's the train. <laughs> oh, my heavenly stars. So think about what government has lasted for a thousand years. Not many because it, there's... Or, it, I mean, you could... Has the uh, monarchy in England lasted for a thousand years? I mean, maybe. It's hundreds. I don't know if it's... The current family, I don't think, has been in power. No, uh-uh, no. But the, but the idea of, of a it, monarchy in England. Uh, potentially, But yeah. at the same time, like, do they have the same significance that they had? They're largely symbolic, from my understanding. I don't have any kings, right? My, right. King, my king is Jesus. I, I hope that King Charles lives a long and happy life and whatever. Right. Because I'm an American, I'm like, neener, neener. <laughs> we don't have a king. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to think through and to come up with, you know, what was Oak Harbor, Ohio called a thousand years ago? It wasn't called Oak Harbor. No, definitely not. Black Swamp. Black Swamp. Place where you can find mayflies in June? <laughs> I, I don't know. So the the idea that things don't last, like this is 3,000 years ago, mm-hmm. and Solomon is making these observations about the world around him. He's like, this this is meaningless Mm -hmm. and it's kind of pessimistic really and so in the introduction of this um of this study bible it's going to give you some some guidance as far as how to um how to deal with this your large print has pictures oh yeah they all do yeah well all of the niv study bibles do have pictures and this one does have pictures. those are nicer than the ones in mine (laughs) are are they well i'm i'm always an advocate of you know uh, it's, it's not hard to get me to spend money on books. So one of the things he says, and this is still in that section, wisdom counsels to, uh, wisdom advises, accept the human state as it is, shaped by God's appointments, and enjoy the life you've been given as fully as you can. That's It would be wise to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, don't trouble yourself with unrealistic goals. Know the measure and limitations of human capabilities. Be prudent in all your ways. Follow wisdom's leading. And then, this is the important one, fear God and keep his commandments. You know, that's kind of like the summary statement. Mm -hmm. So it's not wrong to enjoy life, and it's great to have part of the Bible that says, hey, look, it's not wrong to enjoy life. Um, Because I think sometimes Christians get very, very uh, twisted up about their ethics, and we should should have a good, strong, ethical bent to our lives. We want to do the right thing. Um, but sometimes we don't do the wrong thing so much that we don't enjoy life in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And it was given to us by God to enjoy. So let's, let's do some text out of Ecclesiastes. Okay. <clears throat> Old age. Reading glasses. Hi, Mom. Hi, Grant. Two most, <laughs> two most faithful listeners. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Very cheerful introduction. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning to it on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from... There they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. 
Is there anything of which one can say, look, there is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Well, that's happy. (laughs) So I think that's where, like, if you didn't have chapter 12 and you just read that off the bat, that's kind of like, wow, everything is meaningless. Mm-hmm. I used to work for um, a petroleum delivery company. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's that, it's not exciting at all. Um, it's very boring <clears throat> because you keep filling up things that you just filled up, mm-hmm. right? And one of the places that we would fill up was a um, – so there was a uh, an electricity generating plant that ran off natural gas. And whenever there was an interruption in the gas flow – they would have this huge tank full of diesel fuel and they would just kind of switch over and run off diesel. Okay. But they would suck that tank dry like in a heartbeat. Or maybe, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. They would suck the tank dry in a heartbeat because they were generating so much power um, for the people who needed their air conditioning on. Mm -hmm. And so we had to just keep, like you would just keep filling it up and filling it up and filling it up. And then they would empty it out and you'd have to fill it back up again. It was just round and round and round. It, was, it felt really meaningless. It's like the dog's water bowl. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's water bowl. You always got to fill the dog's water bowl every time you turn around. Um, how many times do your kids come to you a day and say, I'm hungry? Quite a bit. Yeah. Or I want a snack. For us, it's the ice cream shop. Mm. Hey, can you take me to Drowns? It's not Drowns anymore. Um. And then he goes through, so Solomon goes through and he, he gives this example of everything is meaningless and he's really trying to get your attention. And I found it interesting. I, I looked at chapter two a little bit. That was chapter one. This is chapter two, first 11 verses. Of both and chapters. Of both chapters, yeah. So um, I said to myself in chapter two, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So I think what he's saying is he, he like the richest guy in Jerusalem, he had everything. Mm-hmm. He had everything that you could want. And so if you look in verse 2, it says, uh, you know, laughter. Well, that's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And here we find in the modern world, we are entertaining ourselves to death. Right. Um, TikTok captures me sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So you open up your phone, you put, pull up TikTok, and I know China's watching me, and I don't care. <clears throat> what are they going to see? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an old guy who likes to watch guys, you know, refurbish things on TikTok. 
And right. it's fascinating, right? <laughs> These guys are like, they'll take something, some old rusted toy, and they'll tune it up, and then all of a sudden it looks like new. Wow, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. Well, I could if I would put the phone down and go and do it. to yeah. the shop and actually do it, right? Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, we have so many entertainment options that uh, more than ever before. And yet, what does it accomplish? What does it do? Okay. Uh, verse 2 also says wine. Well, we're anesthetizing ourselves with drugs, right? Mm-hmm. How many people... Um, Work all week to get drunk on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a thing. Um, we also have, uh, you know, marijuana is legal up in Michigan now. Um, and I, I have long, so I had, a, I had a discussion with some of my relatives. This is 15 years ago. <clears throat> and I told well, maybe 10 years ago. And I said, all this stuff, like marijuana is de facto legal because you can get it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, it's not legal. One of them was a cop. No, it's not legal. And it's like, look, I'm not saying that it's legal legal. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that it's not as prohibited as you think it is. Right. And the war on drugs hasn't really stopped drugs. Um, I hate drugs. Uh, I lost a brother to drugs. Um, we have that stuff still. It's still a thing. Uh-huh. It's still as empty under the sun as it always was. Do you watch those home improvement shows? I have, yeah. Do you like them? Like it's a thing for you. It makes me want to do projects, and then yeah. I don't ever end up doing them. Oh, well. <laughs> or halfway doing them. Verse 4, I undertook great projects. Mm-hmm. So home improvement is nothing new. He says, I built houses for myself. If if you were, if money was no object, what would you do at your house? I would add a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't live here. I like my house, right? Right. But if money was no object, I would live on a compound out in the boonies um, with high speed internet with like extreme like extreme internet speeds just like i would have all the stuff right Mm -hmm. what would you drive if money was no object i would still drive the minivan really yeah you don't have to worry about the kids hitting doors oh okay all right that's yeah the nanny could drive the minivan what would you drive i don't know (laughs) okay that's not a thing for you so your husband's a car dealer, yes. and I went to visit him at work one time. They had this gorgeous Mustang. It was just the right color. It was tricked out. I think it was like $130,000. I'd have at least one of those, gotcha. right, if money was no object. But money's always not new. Home improvements, you know, they're always a thing. Mm-hmm. And Solomon says at the end of it, it's meaningless. Like for me, I would hire somebody to cut my grass and work on my porch and do all the things doesn't have any significance under the sun. Money, same thing, verse 8. He's got all the money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, how about uh, singers, right? He had backstage passes to both NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I know Taylor Swift is really hot right now. He mm-hmm. could go to the Taylor Swift concert, and he could be the only one in attendance, right? Right. He had, that, he had, the money. Kind, he had that kind of resources. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, all of this is valueless under the sun. I denied myself nothing in verse 10. I, I think that's just incredible, you know, that this guy had, like, he was trying to use wisdom to evaluate everything that he could possibly evaluate to find something of significance, mm-hmm. and he came up with nothing. And so I think that's, that's an important lesson 
for our kids. Like Ecclesiastes is one of the books of the Bible that we're like, we don't really know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. But the same thing's true for the Puss in Boots movie. It's like, we don't really know what to do with this because it could be a very dark movie. Why would you talk to your kids about mortality? Well, we end up having to talk to our kids right. about mortality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a grandfather, so I'm I'm not old, old, right? Mm -hmm. I I think well, there's actually a thing that called an actuarial table, and you can look on the. It's something that a, an insurance agent will use Life to insurance. decide to decide how long you're going to live, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, you're in your 30s, right? What's your actuarial table going to say for you? I've got 50 years left. Mm, hope so. Yeah, I mean, maybe even more, right? Uh, I'm 54. Do I have 50 years left? Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't. I mean, um, you know, you can go. My mom's 85, so if I if I match my mother at 85, um, she might go to 90. Let's say she goes to 90. That would give me 36 more years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, sounds like the last couple are going to really hurt, but okay. Um, there's still an end point, mm -hmm. right? And so my kids and my grandkids, like I've, I've had conversations with, uh, with them and just tried to be very open with them mm -hmm. because one of the things that happens in our culture and in our, in our time is we don't talk about it. Right. You know, we try to ignore it. We try to shove it under the rug. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and Ecclesiastes is going to point to the valuelessness of the stuff of life, right? And the importance of having that relationship with God. And right. so I can remember very clearly, um, well, it was actually, it was, a, it was a family that I was helping uh, someone go through the dying process and they had been kept alive, you know, as, as best they could. Okay. Um, and it was, it was the end, you mm -hmm. know, and as an outsider and having done that, I think I've attended about six or seven deaths. Okay. And so like, I knew what was coming. I knew, mm -hmm. I knew what was happening. The family was still kind of holding on to hope, mm -hmm. um, which is typical of what families do. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they were withholding some end of life medications that maybe they should have been more open with. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and I had a conversation with my son and the conversation was twofold. Um, one, don't deny me that end of life medication. Um, I want to be high when I meet Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also to tell my son in very clear terms, look, when it's time for me to die, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Right. I'm okay. You know, because at the end of it, fear God and keep his commandments. You know, what that looks like it for a New Testament Christian is to trust Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. And that's where this life isn't the only life. You know, all those things, like all of the things that we enjoy now are actually laden with significance because we recognize that it's not just under the sun, it's the gift of God. Mm -hmm. And so good meal last week, the gift of God. Thank you, Lord. Um, it's only a shadow of what's to come after I'm gone. So I don't want to like end on a down <laughs> note, right? Right. I, I'm fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not going anytime soon. <laughs> but I do think, and I encourage families with this all the time. You do have to talk about it mm -hmm. as you age. You do have to be open with your kids and with your spouse. You have to be very clear about what you want. Yeah. Because, um, like, the last thing that I would want is to be artificially kept alive because, well, Papa would want to be here. Papa's got places to go, right? right? He's, right. he's good. Um, 
And and so I think that's you know that that's an important thing. You probably don't think about mortality very often. Yeah, I mean it comes up. Yeah. Aging family and you know no, pets. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, pets. I mean, the last couple of years have been really hard, you know, oh, just yeah. all around with mm-hmm. all of that. So it is important. Yeah, you've experienced some loss in the mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. yeah. It is hard. Mm-hmm. But we do have to talk about it. So um, as you think about Ecclesiastes and as you um, kind of open up uh, and read through the book for yourself, just remember, he's getting to chapter 12. He's getting to the end where he says, fear God and keep his commandments. So I hope this is like not too depressing. Like how do we, <laughs> how do we bring this back up? There, there's the monkey. There's king. the monkey king. There's the monkey very king. Very much a trickster. Very much a trickster. Yeah, and I think that's where. Um, hmm. I, I guess I'm going to have to do some internet research. Thankfully, I don't have to listen to some, you know, bebopping <laughs> teen. You should listen to the '90s, you know, pop I, I, while you do your research. '90s pop. Mm. Yeah. Get into some Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Okay, so you know what? Uh, <laughs> I, is is that like a challenge? I don't want to do it. Um, <clears throat> most of the time, like when I'm studying, mm-hmm. okay, so I'll I'll actually listen to electronic dance music. Okay. Techno, because it's background. Yeah. And it doesn't have words. Um, because if it has words, I'll try to sing along. <laughs> like the stuff that I like and I'm singing right. along. Right, right. Uh, so when I work on my porch this afternoon, I'll be singing along to... Probably not Britney Spears and <laughs> Christina Aguilera, but I'll be singing along to some stuff, and no. hopefully I won't sing out loud. I don't sing out loud. Neighbors don't like your concert? Uh, they're good neighbors. I don't want to alienate anybody. <laughs> so anyway, this has been The Unqualified Scholar. Thanks for playing along, and thanks so much for coming out. Have a great day.